0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce. Or, I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers, and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So, welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. we talked the whole night through. Good
0: morning. Good morning
1: to you. Good morning, America. Welcome to the It's Over Easy Sunny Side Up Report. I'm Laura Wasser.
2: Bonjour. I'm Johnny Raines.
1: <laughs> this is the part of the Divorce Sex Podcast, where we talk about what's happening today in the wonderful world of divorce breakups and dating afterwards
2: and speaking of divorce this week is like a celebrity dissolution cornucopia i just don't know where to start
1: start somewhere johnny
2: (laughs) well then i'll start with sports you know how i love sports Mm, sort of Mm -hmm. um but i've always believed that if you can't be an athlete be an athletic supporter (laughs) but <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, there's some uh, co-parenting news uh, from HollywoodLife.com by Bonnie Fuller that talks about uh, Larsa Pippen, who filed for divorce from NBA legend Scotty Pippen this month. Um, and they have decided to co-parent and, uh, you know, stay friends. Co-parenting that is a slam dunk.
1: Good job, guys.
2: There are two big divorces in the world of celebrity and Hollywood this week. Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris finalized their divorce. Um, they came to a very amicable agreement, according to the tabloids. Um, and you might know a thing or two about it, but I know you can't speak about it, can you?
1: No, but I can tell you that I plead the physio. No comment.
2: Moving on deeper into celebrity news, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner uh, mediated their own divorce and uh, done it without attorneys. It's pretty impressive and neat to see that celebrities can do it the it's over easy way another thing that's interesting in the world of divorce is that uh sarah jessica parker's hbo series divorce just got renewed for season three
1: have you seen that show
2: i've watched a couple episodes interesting i don't know why it takes three seasons to get divorced though. (laughs)
1: i don't know they obviously weren't doing it online I think maybe they tried to get back together a couple times or something. I don't know. I've seen it, but I think I didn't pa- watch past the first season. Maybe we should check it out. Well,
2: that Thomas Hayden church is, you know, a nice drink of water. It's delicious.
1: All right. Enough with the celebrities. In the real world, and again, this, I'm, this is not a funny story, but it's, a, uh, it's, it's symptomatic of what is the problem, I, I guess, globally, about the divorce process and legislating it. Right. Um, the South China Morning Post... Zoe Lowe writes about an Ethiopian woman, she's identified in the article as Sasa, um, is getting divorced in China, and her divorce has been delayed for at least a month because Sasa cannot find a translator to help her complete the process. That's crazy. Yeah, She can't speak Mandarin, she can't complete the divorce process, and she's been unable to officially divorce her husband because Chengdu's civil affairs office requires foreigners to make a verbal statement of annulment in addition to signing divorce papers, the report said. The local government website does not explain why this is a requirement. It's the great divorce question, that that velvet curtain that we just can't ever see behind. And that's why I'm trying to figure out a way to make it easier for people, at least the legal part of it, to get divorced, because this is a perfect example of how frustrating it could be. Um, It does beg the question how she actually got married to this person in the first place, since they don't seem to speak the same language. So, of course, I was intrigued and I
2: read about it. And how would she talk to the journalist?
1: The, well, I don't think she gave the report to the journalist, but she the, she, the couple met when Sasa was working with her cousin and her cousin's husband in a convenience store they owned. And although she was unable to communicate verbally, the 25-year-old agreed to marry her husband, Wei, who was seven years her senior. But even after a month, they couldn't really seem to function. But... I think a big problem, and I see this in many marriages, is that Saza ate very little. And this <laughs> soon became a source of frustration for her husband, who said he cooked to her taste. Hmm. So again, if you've taken anything away from this morning's sunny side up before, please know, bad idea to get married, A, to someone who doesn't speak at least the same universal language of love and cooking as you do. But B, and perhaps more importantly, know the laws in the state Absolutely. or venue... Or province in which you marry so that if you do need to get out of the relationship, you won't be hung up for over a month looking for someone who can interpret the, the laws for you.
2: Absolutely true. Hope for the best for dear Sasa.
1: Yes. All right. So um, Heavy.com's Tucker Cummings Miller shares the 15 best divorce gifts, the ultimate list, which is updated. So, again, I'm always curious to see what these are. None of these seem so great to me. There no. was a couple books.
2: There's a coloring book. Um,
1: there's a coloring book which of course we need. And then there is the best beauty focused divorce gift. Dead Sea mud mask luxury gift set. I have no- mm. What does that have to do with divorce?
2: I guess, you know, the dead sea or dead relationship.
1: I like the panda planner for 24.97 cuz you got to be planning all those new dates. Then there's a dress which I- the best dress to give as a divorce gift.
2: Oh, speaking of divorce dress, don't forget about our friends at the divorce oh, dress. Yes, the they, they're coming dress. down to LA uh, in November to put you in the dress right. at the Elizabeth Weinstock S- S- Atelier.
1: Skeeves me out a little bit. And then um, there's a shirt that's 16.99 that says, Rockin' the Ex Wife
2: Life. That's kind of cool. That's okay. Kinda cool.
1: Anyway, that's, that's on Heavy.com, the, the ultimate list of the best divorce gifts.
2: Speaking of rocking the best life after divorce uh i want to give a shout out to divorce diva life at, on instagram who we reposted uh this really cool shot that you sent uh and uh, i just want to say thanks to the chicks at divorce diva life on instagram can
1: you be on that site if you are not covered with tattoos ladies that's my question i only have one does that is that
2: not enough there is or does one count one one counts believe me it counts and that's the sunny side up report thanks everybody
1: Who else has tried FabFitFun? If you don't already know about it, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Their winter box is epic. It has products like a knit throw from Mark and Graham, body cream from Anthropology, dry shampoo from Aurebe, a coaster set from Urban Home, and that's just the beginning of it. There were these amazing over-the-knee socks that I got and these cool Bear Paw gloves. I love all of the brands that they use, from Kate Somerville to Dr. Brandt to Juicy Beauty, clothing like Bear Paw, Free People, Michael Stars, Trina Turk, and Millie. They are absolutely amazing. That winter box is going to sell out soon. So make sure you get in there and don't miss out because if you use the coupon code DIVORCE because you've been listening to the Divorce Sucks podcast, you get $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. So that's thirty nine ninety nine for $200 worth of stuff. Check it out. It's super cool and it'll be a little bit of Christmas in November. Today's episode of Divorce Sucks is about the future, yours, mine, and ours. By the time you hear this, the midterm elections will be yesterday's news. Did you vote? If not, too bad, because you kind of gave up your right to complain. And if you did vote, what we do have to complain about is, hmm. For those of you out there who are new to the show, thank you for downloading and listening in. For those of you who know me already, welcome back. This is an auspicious time in our country's history. Whether you're in a happy relationship or one that's ending, you still have the power to make your next move better than your last with the determination to make whatever comes next an investment in your future happiness. And who better to talk to about future happiness than the outspoken activist, actress, author, comedian, producer, Vanity Fair dubbed the queen of comedy... My friend, Chelsea Handler, is here with us after a night of live streaming and recovering at the All-Star Get Out the Vote Telethon for America. Welcome to Divorce Sucks, Chelsea.
3: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm not divorced because I was smarter than that. I never got married. We're going to talk about that, too. But first, I just have to, because you're like my fount of information of all political Tell those of us who did a little. We went out, we sent money, we did a little canvassing and a little phone banking. How do we do? It wasn't a blue wave. No, but. but.
3: But they're still counting a lot of the seats, and they're saying that there could be up to 35 to 40 seats that we actually did flip instead of just 29 or 30. Okay. So we have to pay close attention. There's a lot of things that are still being counted in Georgia. Brian Kemp just recused himself from counting the votes for that election, and Stacey Abrams is going to challenge him. So, you know, these things that we still have some optimistic things. I mean, the important thing is that we did get control of the House. We did. We did not get control of the Senate, but that wasn't really something that we were going in thinking what was going to happen. Um, and we flipped a lot of governorships and we flipped a lot of state legislatures. That's important stuff. And I mean, these are baby steps. And as my therapist tells me, it's not. The actual changing of the guard—it's the little steps you take to get there. So everyone's activation—you know—the fact that we have 30, thirty-one million plus early voters, the fact that that many people, vote, that many more people voted this election—these are all things to hang on to. This is our future. This is an emergency situation. I feel better than I did the day before the election, Good. but there is so much work to be done, and we need people to be activated. You know, we need people to get activated within their communities. It matters on every
1: every possible level. So whatever. you could you're doing you could be doing more just a little bit more tell us I want I want them to hear it from you Chelsea why does it matter tell us why it matters the people that are listening to this podcast are likely not Trump supporters they are women and men but they're probably like-minded so you're not going to say anything that's going to offend anybody not that you give a shit about that anyway tell us why it matters
3: well, it matters because, I mean, every single vote counts. Every single person you talk to, if you get 10 people to vote that never voted, you're doing something. If you get three people that never voted to vote, you're doing something. It's about getting people activated and then staying activated. So as soon as somebody is involved in an election and sees the results of their action, you know, that 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 kind of begets more action. And then people understand that you can have a say in politics. And it's a local level situation as well as a national level. And I'm sure almost every single person listening to this has a child. Do you care about the environment? Do you care about your child having a right to an abortion? Do you care about your, you know, child living in a community where her voice matters or his voice matters? Do you have an LGBTQ child? All of these issues affect us in one way or another. And just because it doesn't touch in your, you know, your home, it touches people around you. And we have to be voting for each other. Black women vote in their best interests every election. White women do not. We need to do what black women are doing and vote in the best interest. Of all women.
1: Did you hear that, white women? We need to do what the black women are doing, Johnny. Just saying. Okay.
2: I've always been the one to say that.
1: And for those of Johnny you- is a black woman. So he understands. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know what Chelsea did up to this election and is going to be doing as we go on again. Chelsea's a comedian. She has totally become an activist here. She is the person I, and I am I have a few years on me, go to when I have questions about certain things or, or go to to see what she's thinking or what she's doing. So I know there was something about you in your closet, topless or something like that. What did you do to really say to people, hey, pay the f***ing attention. I need you to do this and get out there.
3: Well, first and foremost, I covered my boobies because oh, I'm okay. over my phase of running around topless. So okay. I held on to them tight and they're both a handful. Okay. okay so I took both hands <laughs> and I was videotaping. So it was not easy. How, well, where was the thing? Where I was. was I phone? was just uh, probably on Instagram stories or something. No, I mean, where was the phone in the butt, oh, Bob? I think I was <laughs> holding them one with the yeah, It was in my butt.
1: Uh, I think I was holding my boobs with one hand. I don't remember. Okay. It was a quick video. Check it, was it just out. Saying, if you vote. guys can. All right, and and you touched on a couple of things. If we care about our kids, and I I have kids, and I care about my kids. Neither of them is a girl, so neither of them will be getting an abortion. But I would imagine that at some point, knowing my boys as I do, even though they're only. 13 and 8, they're going to get somebody pregnant. And we grew up in an era where you could get abortions. It was relatively new, but it was legal. I just read Jody Picoult's book called "A, um, a Sm- Something Spark of Light about the abortion clinic in Mississippi mm. and the gunman that was in there. And I really didn't know a lot of the facts that were in there. How is it possible that in 2018, the end of 2018, that this is still an issue for us?
3: Because people couch their, you know, first of all, the other main issue which we need to talk about are gun laws. You know, oh, we, we, we are, we are living, Oaks. We are living in, a, in an environment and in a time and place in this country where everyone is bought and sold and paid for. Every single representative that we have is being funded. So you have to figure out – we have to elect representatives who – are not funded by the NRA. This is a war zone. This we are living in a war zone where anybody can We're not talking about taking away gun rights. We're talking about taking away semi-automatic rifles where people can go in and you know gun down 15 people in the span of 1 minute and then also shoot the security guard. More guns are not the answer. Obviously, we learned that in Thousand Oaks this week. Those two security guards were killed, one police officer is dead. So having people there to protect the environment has no match for the gun that these guys are walking in on. As far as abortions are concerned, you know, why we're addressing this issue, you know, people are like, oh, we can go state by state. Yeah, but in Texas, I think there's one abortion clinic left in Texas. Same with Mississippi. And Mississippi, I mean, these people go and get unsafe abortions and then get sometimes infections that lead to death. And the women who can't afford, first of all, you have to travel. They can't afford to do that. People are raped and get pregnant. They have every right in the world to get an abortion. And why it would be prohibited being couched in religion You know, Planned Parenthood was started by Republicans. That was a Republican organization until they decided that they were going to co-opt religion and make that their stance. And then they were anti-abortion. So people need to get up to speed on their research and find out about all the people who are getting abortions, who are you know underage girls that are molested. And also, by the way, it's it's your right as a woman. If men had to go through what women had to go through with pregnancies, do you think Mm -hmm. that they would ever – I mean, there would be birth control awarded to every single man.
1: Yeah. And they'd be applauded for their responsible decision making. I mean, again, you and I both grow up in an era where we probably had some not very safe sex at times and then sat there praying, 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 praying to get our period. It may not be responsible to have unprotected sex, but it's more irresponsible. It's taking that irresponsibility a step further to then not do something about it and have a baby.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, the whole, we're just living in a time where the religious right has gotten caught up with the the Republican right. And there, you know, you can't couch your racism in religion. You can't couch all of the things that you want to suppress and oppress in religion. That's not religious. Jesus Christ didn't, you know, hate black people. He didn't want to suppress their votes. I mean, all of this has just become so conflated, you know, and a woman has the right to choose. Do you respect women? They have the right to choose. So we have to elect representatives that are not, you know, that that want to overturn publicly funded elections, you know, that are not bought and paid for by the NRA that that are for women's rights. And unfortunately, all of those candidates are our liberals and our Democrats. And so we have to wait until we can overturn a lot of these things. But you know, I'm not defeated because of the election. That was a good election. We flipped the House. That was important. We flipped a lot of governorships. We flipped a lot of stuff. Tell us some of the good ones. Tell us about the
1: the openly gay governor, the 96 women elected to the House. Give us some of the, the stats. We have our you first two them.
3: Muslim Americans that are elected. We have two Native Americans that were elected. One is a lesbian. Um, we have our first gay uh, governor, you know, uh, who's openly gay. I mean, we have all of these things. That represents your state. You want people to represent what this— country looks like and what your state looks like. And that includes minorities and that includes women. We have over 100 women. I mean, there's still some elections being decided and be having recounts, but we have over 100 women being elected. And obviously, that's going to make a big change.
1: Maxine Waters is the new chair of the House Financial Services Committee. Huge. Yeah. Let's give a little shout out today to RBG. She fractured her rib. She fell, but she's back. You tell me. Yeah, yes, she's, she's already back. In. back. I just
3: read something online. She's already back. Did you see that movie? Not yet. Oh, my God. She does
1: 30-second planks in the morning. She's so, I mean, yeah. talk She's about a, a badass. Yes. She is a badass. 85 years old. So I thank you. I, I'm sure you're listening, Ruth. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being back back at work. Tell us about you a little bit. Dad was Jewish. Mom was Mormon. My dad was Jewish. That's I why thought, you are the way you are, I think. I, I thought maybe. my mom was Jewish until uh, my
3: brother died when I was uh, nine years old. Chet. And, and Chet, oh. yes. Thank you for knowing that. And... We um, had his funeral, and I remember them not, you know, in Judaism, you don't show the body. You don't have an unveiled casket, and he, or you don't have an open casket. And then my parents were discussing having an open casket, and my mom was demanding it. And my father was like, that's not the religion. And my mom's like, but I'm not Jewish. And I was like, what? <gasps> I mean, I'm at my brother's funeral. I'm like, I have five other brothers and sisters. You know, uh, well, I had five there's five of us now total. So I had four at that time. And I sat there and I was like, and I was the youngest. So they just were like, no, just don't worry about it. And I'm like, what do you mean mom's not Jewish? So what am I? Are we Jewish? You know, that whole thing. I found out my dad wasn't, you know, my mom was German. She came over after the war. And so that was, she was supposed to just kind of, I guess she felt guilty about the war, so she just agreed to be a Jew with my father because he was very intent on raising all of his children as Jewish kids. So we were all about Mitzvah or Bar Mitzvah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, as, I'm pretty much, I mean, I went to Hebrew school like every Friday night for about 15, the first 15 years of my life. Oh, we have to talk about, so, so about that. So when anybody that is... calls me a shiksa, I right. tell them to f
1: off. <laughs> I agree. I totally, I, I, not only did I have a Bat Mitzvah, but then I went on to be confirmed. I know that's the biggest all. How did they convince all. me to do that? I mean, I was doing drugs by then and I was having sex by then. How did they convince me to go from 13 to 16 to, and get confirmed? I must have been doing a lot of drugs. I'm probably. I don't you know, know. The you know, whole confirmation
3: happening. point, it's like you already got the buttments, so right? Just back move off. on. Yeah, and I didn't even have a proper one. Like, my parents took my money after the bar so mitzvah. Like, at least you're going to, like, make some change, you know? My parents took it because they needed it for the bills. They're like, <laughs> you'll see this when you're 21. I'm like, no, I
1: won't. My son had a bar mitzvah and he's still like, is do you, do you have the balance from the from the account? I'm like, what, do you think I'm stealing your money? And I think he might be a little bit suspicious about yeah, that. Yeah. He made bank, too. I bet. I mean, I bet. 2018, both parents' attorneys, one an entertainment attorney, one a divorce attorney. He's, he, he can pay for his own tuition next year. Okay, so where would you grow up in Livingston, New Jersey? All right, and so so then you, you so you're Jewish. Your mom passed away relatively recently. Yes. Ah, uh, no, about ten years 10 ago. Ten years ago, in my world. <laughs> my, well, no, my, no, by no. the way, I have no sense of time, so it could have been <laughs> five years ago. Okay, so and, and are you still friendly with dad? just uh, friendly a relative term? Sorry
3: to be a black bummer, <laughs> but he also just died recently. He oh. died about a month ago. Oh, okay. That's, That's okay, sorry. though. I mean, he was old. It was expected, like, better off dead than living in the circumstance he was. He and was pretty
1: out of it. When did you come to California? When did you decide to go to do the, to fi- follow this route?
3: Well, um, I wanted to follow in your footsteps, so I went to community college for a half a semester in New Jersey. You're Cow- well on the path. County College of <laughs> Morris, everybody. One of the top ten community colleges in the country. <laughs> just kidding. And I decided that was, like, you know, not going to cut it. Like, I wasn't in the I wasn't in the right headspace for learning. And I wanted to just be, like, famous. Like, I wanted to get away from my New Jersey roots, my family. My dad was a used car dealer. It was, like, always – nothing was on the up and up in my house. And I grew up in a very, like, middle class, upper middle class neighborhood where everybody else had brand new cars and right. brand new jeans and the normal Cabbage Getch Patch jeans, kids. Right, yeah, right. and I was like – what? so I just needed to get out. So I did. I moved to California when I was nineteen. I stayed with my aunt and uncle who live here, who have nine children. And are um, they Mormons or are they Jewish? No, they're Irish, (laughs) Irish Catholic. Okay, it's my mom's sister. Yeah, so technically she's Mormon, but she doesn't give a shit about religion. Okay, Um, and so I lived with them on their sofa for about two years. And then I just started waitressing, and I waited tables for about seven years, and then I started, doing, I started doing stand-up, like, shortly after I got here. Okay. And then, you know, you get a little break, you get a big break, then you get a bigger break, and then
1: da 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 You know, I was a big loudmouth, so it was hard to ignore me. Right. And you, we, you and I have talked about this before, not getting married. I was married once for, like, five seconds, but I have my two kids. I wasn't married to either one of their dads. We've talked about this. Why on earth would we ever do that? But you do have a rather interesting dating history. Do I? I? Mean, well, first, the thing I was telling Johnny the other day, I was like, actually, you, I guess you can go bl- back after you've gone black because you dated 50 Cent for a little while. Yes. Yes, I did. And then the hotelier was after him. Yes, Andre? I, yes, Andre Balazs. Balazs. Ballas. Andre And And then there was, I know there was talk of Bobby Flay, but that was just a date. No, I read that. It oh, was, yeah, Bobby Flay. wasn't, wasn't not really. Date. Okay, no, no, it was just no, no. a date. Yes, right. it was. we went on one date. Okay, and Emily. then there was the NBC or CBS guy. Ted Harder. Okay. yes. Anybody right now? No. No. Do no, we no. need to go clubbing? I, we need to I, go mean, looking? It, I don't know.
3: Do we need to go clubbing? <laughs> I don't know if the, I don't I don't know think think so. our Mr. Wright is at a club. I, don't I know. think my guy is probably overseas somewhere yeah. <laughs> where there's a language barrier. That you would know, be good. I need a slight language barrier. I mean, it's hard to date with personalities like ours, don't you think? Yes, that is true. I mean, men see me coming and run the other way and quite frankly, I don't blame them. The guys that are interested in me are like 70.
1: Right. And I'm sure that there have been though in whether one of those mentioned or just on the on the on the list people you've gotten serious with and and maybe have wanted to do something more committed like get married, move in together, have kids. What are your feelings about that?
3: I feel for my for 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 me that that that's just not where that's just not never been where my head has been you know what I mean my head has never been about being in a in a marriage I never wanted kids so it did and then I mean it's a romantic notion I'd like to think maybe I'll give it a stab once but the older I get I think the less of a mistake it will be right so if I, you don't want kids you know I don't know what the the need is to be married per se um I like the idea of a relationship but I'm fiercely fiercely independent my mom was not a very strong woman and my father kind of ran the show and to me that represented everything i didn't want i wanted to run the show i don't want to rely on somebody else to pay my bills i don't want to rely on somebody else to like you know i don't want to check in with somebody when i want to fly to france one day or tomorrow and i do that stuff like people talk about doing that stuff but i actually do do it so uh you know, I like the idea of being in a relationship and and being able to trust someone, but that for me is a very, very hard bill to fit. So I just have to really, you know, wait and see if I meet somebody. I have guys that I see casually, you know, in different parts of the world that are not serious, but guys that I like. Um, but that's pretty much all I and, have right now. And
1: really good girlfriends. Yes. Yeah.
3: Well, my girlfriends are paramount to everything. My right. family and my
1: girlfriends. Okay. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 television channels and thousands of movies on demand and completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. Are you getting that it's free? What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream.
0: Get a floor that's 100% waterproof for life without sacrificing the style you want. The Home Depot has Pergo Outlast Plus laminate starting at just 279 a square foot. With 22 designer colors, Pergo Outlast Plus can fit any style, in any room, beautifully. And you can rest easy because it's waterproof. Get Pergo Outlast Plus starting at just 279 a square foot at the number one Pergo waterproof laminate flooring retailer. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only see warranty for details.
3: Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this
1: podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute.
0: The hit podcast Zane's World found a new home on Podcast One. La Gonzalina. Probably should have corrected that before the show. <laughs> World traveler, author, and alcohol aficionado Zane Lamprey is well learned in the art of embracing a good time as he reviews the best attractions and destinations on the globe. So we went to Black Market uh, Liquor Bar. Just
2: tell us what you remember.
0: <laughs> That's what I remember. Check out Zane's World every Tuesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: I'm Laura Wasser. I've been practicing family law for more than 20 years, and generally, i found that there are no lightning bolts or magical signs that tell you when it's time to get divorced. But the simplifying thing about divorce is that it is a legal transaction, and I recommend you treat it that way. Try not to let emotion, hurt, fear, or anger dictate the circumstances and control your own destiny. This is the main reason why we created the online divorce service, It's Over Easy. And we wish it were over easy with our government, but as I said when Nicole Boxer, daughter of former U.S. Senator Barbara Boxer, was here on Divorce Sucks, we cannot divorce the United States. To commiserate and keep us vigilant, in studio today is activist, actress, writer, producer, and comedian Chelsea Handler. She is a household name, she's a star and a trailblazer among modern women. Her media credits include hosting the web television late-night series Chelsea, Starring in the sitcom based on one of her books, Are You There, Chelsea? The Netflix reality series, Chelsea Does. And she hosted her wildly popular e-talk show, Chelsea Lately, for almost a decade. Let's not forget the groundbreaking prank show, Girls Behaving Badly. Chelsea has written five best-selling books, including my favorite, Chelsea, Chelsea, Bang, Bang. And she's currently working on her sixth book, which is going to be called Life, Life
3: Will Be the Death of Life Me. Life Will Be the Death of And me. You Too
1: life will chelsea's death will be the life of me i mean the (laughs) death of me and she's producing a documentary for netflix which sounds totally interesting about white privilege particularly hers and and girls like me and just how we probably don't even begin to scratch the surface of understanding what our african-american latina um trans counterparts go through on a daily basis um just by virtue of the way that they look, let alone sexual preference, religion, etc. And it also where you live in this country or other countries. And so interesting to me is how how people, particularly right after this midterm election, vote kind of based on what their families or their husbands tell them to do. That just fascinates me in 2018 that we're still doing that in this country.
3: I know. I wish we could get to a point where men are like, well, I'm voting for who my wife is
1: voting for. Right. Don't, don't hold I, your breath.
3: Yeah, well, I know. Not in our lifetime, but hopefully we can shoot for the stars, can't we? We can indeed. Let's talk about that a little bit more. I posted something yesterday with the statistics of how many – so it's like 53% of white women voted for Ted Cruz. You know how anybody could vote for Ted Cruz at this point? And, He's so
1: charismatic and good-looking. that I mean, you got that, oh you know? my God. I mean, can you think of anybody less But
3: 53% of white women voted for him. 95% of black women voted for Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke is – The new Barack Obama. But Beto O'Rourke, there are so many women that from Texas, I had two women at my house this weekend who were from Texas who who voted for Ted Cruz last time who were voting for Beto O'Rourke. They were friends of friends, um, that came over and they were like, oh my God, he's gotten everyone revved up. I have no doubt that they cheated in that election. There, there is cheating in elections happening. And when it's that close, there's cheating for sure because it makes it that much easier to get away with it. Um, But women need to start voting for themselves. They, they, You know, when when people want to claim that we're elitists or, you know, I'm a celebrity and I don't know what's going on, being successful does not preclude me from having an opinion. I pay more in taxes than 99 percent of this country and I'm happy to do it because it's helping other people. So you can't make a financials decision about the candidate that you're electing when you're not even in the tax bracket that's going to get affected the most because right. this administration is f***ing over poor people to give rewards to the rich. That's be- They've done that. And why people don't understand that until it hits their pocketbook, they won't understand that. Women need to understand that you're not just voting for yourself. You're voting for every other marginalized community out there. And that's what your vote should be about, not what your husband
1: thinks. And by the way, just... A tip, guys. Your husband's not going to know. You can lie to him and tell him you voted for Ted Cruz. Yeah. It's private. He won't know. Do what you need to do. Vote the right way for your conscience. Start thinking about it, particularly if you have kids. Yeah.
3: If you have kids, you should really be thinking about other people because you don't know what that child is going to grow up to be and who's going to be important in their lives.
1: When I wrote the book, it doesn't have to be that way. One of my goals was to address the inevitability of breakups. Chelsea, what's motivating you to write your sixth book and tell us what it's about?
3: Um, my book is all about kind of my, uh, childhood and my, my brother dying and how that changed the trajectory of my entire family. Where where was he in the lineup? He was the oldest. He was the oldest and and you're the the youngest. youngest. Okay. So we were kind of like bookmarks, you know, he was like, how old
1: was he when he passed away? 21. Okay. So they were 11 years between you guys.
3: So. It was big for our family. it was stuff I had never you know I moved to LA and you think you go to like therapy and sort it all out, but I just kind of I kind of was r- repelled by therapy and by that whole cliche of being in LA and everything's already about your you and me in my life everything's about me you know it became I have one TV show then I have another and it's all Chelsea 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 like for me to go to therapy and then continue that conversation to talk more about myself felt felt small and it felt like I'm, I'm I'm better than that I'm smarter than that I don't need that it was too narcissistic and then finally after Trump got elected I literally could not I became undone because um my my life had just been the way I wanted it to be for so long and I didn't and I finally looked around and thought wait a second why is this so hard for me why because I'm like I'm just a spoiled little brat something doesn't go my way and I freak out and to me, it represented the world being unhinged, you know. And so I started seeing a real psychiatrist, Dr. Daniel Siegel, and I started seeing him and I started to really unwrap what what has been my driving force this whole time because I thought my life's been going pretty well. I'm dealing with everything, but I had so much deep, 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 deep pain that I just could never even scratch the surface of. I had been to therapists, you know, occasionally and spoken to them, but I never had somebody where I was really willing, I think, Trump just turned, you know, put me over the edge in terms of, wow, like the world is not what I think it is. My experience is not the only experience. Like, let me look around and get outside of my own lane. And in order to get out of my own lane, I had to really get in my lane and dig in and find out what my issues were so that I could actually try and make a difference for this election, go around the country, talk to people I didn't agree with, to hear opinions I don't agree with and to understand them and not to be so reactive, not to fight, 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 but to be... To be a listener to listen, and to understand yeah. and gain a better understanding of all the people that did not have my experience and why they feel like Trump was a good candidate for them. So I, in order to really do the work that I wanted to do these last couple of years, especially this last year, um, I really had to go like deep with a psychiatrist and it was really painful. And I mean, I wrote this book like hysterically crying. I talk about my mom's death. A lot of people died while I was writing this book. So it's a big book about... It's, you know, it's still funny because it has to be because I don't you, want my fans right. to have to read something so serious. But it's it's much deeper than anything I've ever done. So it, it was much more of work of like, you know, it was really coming from within. And, um, yeah, so that's why it's called Life Will Be the Death of Me because there's death everywhere all over it through
1: it. so right. And, again, in, in my field, we're big proponents of the gallows humor, so I get it. Just so that our listeners get it, and we talk about this a lot on the show because we have so many specialists and mental health professionals. Therapy, not indulgent, definitely necessary in a lot of situations. Um, maybe the headline from the story will be, Trump helps Chelsea Handler fix herself. Chelsea he was Handler so ha- handle herself <laughs> better, yes. Um, but for those of our listeners, I mean, really, whether you're going through a divorce, whether you realize what's going on in our country because it's just so bananas right now. Seeking help, talking about things, doing some of that difficult work in terms of, I always, I always kind of liken it to, you know, paying money to have some kind of like plumbing work done. You have to dig up the entire front lawn. It's ugly. Nothing's any different or better. It's just the same underground piping plumbing. But really, when you get in there and you fix it, you're so much better off. You can flush the toilet better. I mean, just to continue yeah, with the metaphor. I, I
3: read No, I read something right before that said, you know, in order to be of any help to
1: in order to be of help to other people, you have to clean out your own injuries. Right. Or like the mask on the plane. You know, put your own mask on before you try to help somebody yeah. else. You have to be able to do that. And I, for one, am so thrilled that you have started doing that because again it's just it's easier for me i can just well what's chelsea say about this and it's really helpful um tell us a little bit about if you if you've had a breakup that's been difficult how that's gone for you and again maybe this isn't a big thing in your life but i know you and i know that you're a sensitive and compassionate person in terms of any of these relationships and i don't need to know who it was particularly how have you gone through those breakups
3: Well, uh, that's, you know, I've had very unhealthy relationships with men because of my brother dying. Like, you know, in many ways, the parallel seems so obvious, but it wasn't something that I was willing to just like accept and move on. Um, You know, I just was like, that can't be, it can't be because my brother died when I was nine. I was nine, like, hello, I'm 40s. I mean, I'm 43 now, so how could that be it but you know it was it was my first breakup it was him telling me oh i'm coming back don't worry he was going on a hiking trip and in wyoming in the grand tetons and he's like i'm coming back you know sat there the night before he left in the kitchen saying i will be back i will not leave you with these people meaning my parents because we all knew my parents were like not on the up and up when we were growing up you know just a little bit scattered um and, you know, and that was like your, your you know, your older brother when you're younger is your first crush. He was my boyfriend. I was the, he, he, I slept in bed with him, you know, the first night I was home from the hospital. He was the one who took me to school every morning. He was like, you know, my guy. Um, and that, you know, your brain shuts off at that time. At nine years old, I didn't understand that emotionally I stopped maturing Beyond that. So any representation of what my brother was, like a Wait. relationship, a man, I had to, even if they said they were coming back, I'd have them prove it and prove it and prove it and prove it over and over and over again. And if they didn't, if they, and even if in the slightest it was like, yep, you were right. I was right. I was right. You're right. a liar. You can, I can't trust you. I can't You're trust gonna you. You're going to abandon me. So there are two types of guys I've dated, guys that are really obsessed with me and really, like, interested in me and are all over me, which also drives you crazy because yes. who the f*** wants to deal with that? Right. Or there are guys that are dangerous. And I've only done that, like, once. And, you know, in a major relationship over more than a course of months because I'm smart enough to get, get out of me. But there was something particularly, like, you know, kind of... Um, that drew me back to this guy multiple times and it was just that kind of equation you know each time repeating itself me him doing something you know not being trustworthy not being trustworthy and the way I behaved was childlike because that's, that's when I stopped I- right. emotionally maturing with regard to men. Right. You know, because I'm like, oh, well, how can you how can you parse that? I say to my doctor, how can you become, the, you know, how can I have had this all the success and all of these things? And he's like, because it's not emotional for you. This stuff is like already, that's fine. The, the emotional stuff is where you're not going to grow until you clean out that injury. And, and that relationship was an example of how I, A, never want to behave in, again in my life, checking somebody's phone. I don't ever want to
1: be that one. Don't be that woman, guys. You know,
3: I don't want to mistrust somebody. I don't want to, you know, go back to somebody, break up multiple times, and get back. That's an unhealthy relationship. When you know all your friends don't approve of something, listen to them. Yeah, please, you don't just listen to your friends. They know, and your family, Um, and also trust your gut. If you don't trust somebody, there's a reason. So you have to trust your gut. And that's a long lesson to learn sometimes. You know, we think we're nailing it or we think we've got it this time. And then the next time it shows up in a different color and we get fooled again. Right. So we have to trust our gut and not waste time with the wrong people. It's okay to go out with the wrong person for a little bit. But don't go out with the wrong person for too long. Right. You know, you're putting the rest of your future on hold.
1: Any of the significant relationships you have that you still keep in touch with that you're still friendly with?
3: No, I try very hard not to. No, Ted Ted was when I was like, you know, tw- in my 20s and or no, I was probably early 30s when I started at E and he and I were together four years. We lived together. That's the only man I've ever lived with. Um, so we, you know, he knew me when I was like a kid. And so we keep in touch and we have, you know, but I don't really keep in touch
1: with anybody else now. No. no. Divorce sucks, but there's always a silver lining. Humor, even in this political climate, is power, and so is information. Remember that in 2020 when we get to vote for the next president. After last week's political showdown, let's get down to the truth. Chelsea, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth when you answer the divorce sucks interrogatories? Yes. I know the answer to this one, but are you single right now? Yes. What is your favorite breakup song?
3: Oh, gosh. I don't have a favorite breakup song. I really don't. I can't listen to music when I'm breaking up with somebody. I have to distract.
1: (laughs) What's the distraction? Weed. Anything. Something to ameliorate. What would you say to cheer somebody else up, one of your girlfriends, who's going through a breakup? The sooner you break up with the bad guy, the sooner you get to meet the good guy. I I like it. And what romantic comedy could you watch over and over again? I hate romantic comedies. Really? Yeah, they're so stupid. They're so
3: good. Are they?
1: Yes, I think so. I mean, I don't know. What's your favorite? I really like When Harry Met Sally, but that's just showing my age. It's yeah, that's funny. It's cute. like, Harry, you've already slept with everybody in New York. You're going to have to move to the tri-state areas. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I mean, never bought their relationship, frankly, but I did like their – I liked their friendship. Well,
3: that's the thing with romantic comedies; it's hard to buy. You know, like yeah. I can't—I wouldn't waste my time right, watching one of those things right now because I just find them so. It's just like how dumb I feel. I feel like they think I'm dumb when I'm watching the movie. The people who made the movie are assuming that we're going to buy Idiots. into this. Right. I know it's a feel-good phenomenon, but there's just too much. There's too much else to be paying
1: attention to. Right what now, what to kind say. of movies do you like? See a Star is Born?
0: Uh
1: I. I did not see it but I feel like I've seen it yeah. because everyone's spoken about it you did, you, did you see it did I you... thought, I liked it I really did I thought he, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga did an amazing job I don't think I loved it as much as so many other people loved it but I really I thought they did a good job it was it was good for a couple hours yeah. like I wouldn't see it twice or people that I've seen it like four times I'm not that person anyway I can't see a movie twice anyway right no I can't either I can't read a book twice either
3: N- no I, I haven't mean, ever read a book twice but I think it's so important and there's so much value in reading a book twice like if I went back and read East of Eden or, you know, The Fountainhead I now. I know, but I know what happens. I know, I and there are too many other alert. books to read. <laughs> yes. I feel like guilty for not reading half of the books. I have a plan in two weeks. I'm going to... I have a house in Spain. Okay. I'm going, Where? What
1: part of Spain?
3: Majorca. Oh. I'm going to my house in Spain. I'm packing my suitcase with the 25 books that I have on my nightstand from the past couple months. when We, I've we been, don't Kindle? When I've been, no, no. I like hard books. Okay. Hard covers. Unless I'm, you know, flying. But this one, I have clothes at my house. So I'm putting in a suitcase of 20 books. I'm going there for two weeks. I'm not reading the news. I'm not doing anything but reading books and filling my brain up with knowledge because I've been writing this book for the last year and I've really fallen behind on all the books I need to be reading.
1: Okay. So give me some of the titles or even if you can't remember the titles, like what are you, what are you taking? What's in this 25 book suitcase of
3: yours? Well, I, I, Rebecca Solnit has a new book out, but that'll just take me an afternoon because she's awesome. Rebecca, anything written by Rebecca Solnit, it's incredible. Um, I like history. I like all historical books. I like any books and books that my friends have written. I mean, you know, now books, everybody writes. Book every week, so I—I I mean, titles. I don't know. It's but but but
1: fiction or nonfiction. No, no, I'm not into fiction. Non-fiction. I'm into autobiographical, and I'm okay. into
3: gaining knowledge. I like like knowledge. Anything on Nixon, I'm into. Anything on you know past presidents. Uh, I mean, this 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 uh, this whole thing about you know the, what we're dealing with right now um, has you know made me really lean into like the civil rights movement and the civil war and finding out exactly what happened because people uh, interviewing people in the South. We were in Tennessee and talking about white privilege to people who doesn't, you know, don't believe it exists and there's no such thing. And black people aren't discriminated against, not in front of them. Like, so they don't know it you know I don't see it it's like well why would you see it you're white right you're not going to understand that or with
1: the nuances of what that feels like I was driving to court this morning I had a court appearance before before this interview and so I drive from my house which is in West Hollywood downtown because that's where the courthouse is Los Angeles Superior Courthouse and I'm driving and I was on the phone with Matt my boyfriend who you've met and I'm like do you think that everybody who's 50 or 60 like says to each other at some point you know oh this country's going to shit I mean do you think people were saying that when we were kids, like our grandparents, and I. And he said, "Do you think people were saying it after the Civil War?" I mean, he's from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, Missouri, which is where like Rush Limbaugh like introduced Trump, and people were fainting, and they were playing Amazing Grace on Tuesday night. It was crazy, and he's not like that. I mean, he just can't even believe that he right. came from there. But I, I do. I think that every generation says, oh, God, this country is just going to shit. And, and I think it's our job. And again, I am 50 now, so I have to really be not the person that just goes, it's going to shit, it's over. The person that tries to make it not go to shit.
3: Yeah. No, I think everybody's been saying it the whole time. You know what I mean? I'm sure after the Civil War, you know, all the southern states were like, this country's going to shit. So, yeah, but it is our job to do something. I don't want to say, I mean, what, what, what am I going to just do, sit around and just feed myself, you know, and take care of myself? myself and only look out for myself. I think the biggest lesson for everybody is to take into account what it's like to not. I mean, I'm the total product of privilege. You know, I'm white, I'm pretty, I got what I wanted when I wanted in a in a in a like in a medium that was like underrepresented with females, you know, stand-up comedy. Everyone said, "Oh, it's going to be so hard. You're the only one of the only girls." It wasn't hard. I stood out because I was a woman. So every disadvantage became an advantage. I've never been sexually assaulted. I've those things have never happened to me. And to find out that is happening all around, my friends are like, "Of course you have been. You've been just you were blacked out. You don't
1: remember." I'm like, "Oh my god." They're like, "Everyone's been sexually assaulted, or maybe, Chelsea." Or maybe we just... did. I'm the same way. And people were saying, "Like, oh, what, were you able to like overcome barriers by?" being a woman in your career? Yeah, I was because I was cute. So I would like tell some 65 year old guy like, hey, can we do this? Wink, wink. And he wanted to make me smile. So he did it. Plus my dad. There was nepotism element to it. I don't believe I've ever been sexually harassed either. I doubt I was blacked out. I think we just didn't notice it. I don't really particularly mind that much if I'm crossing the street and a construction worker whistles at me. I know it's disrespectful. I know it's uncool. I don't think he means to disrespect me. But I don't think some of the stuff I don't think we notice because we are more guy mentality Whatever. (laughs) When our female counterparts, friends say that this happened, we have to be able to go. That's not okay. You're absolutely right. We have to change the way people think about male and female relationships in this country in order that we can all function better.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just because I have a lack of boundaries, which I do, like I wouldn't necessarily take it as an offense if some guy grabbed my ass at my house. I would just move on. In this day, at at this age, I'm like, grab away. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) I mean, but we have to understand what that means to other people. People who have been sexually assaulted do not welcome those advances. They do mind them. And so that's been a lesson to not just judge every person by their story face value to understand their past and their history and why that means something Different than it would mean to you or me, um, so I, I think you know it's a big it's it's a big like learning curve, but it's also about you know sticking your necks out for uh, sticking your neck out for other people. It's not just about fighting for yourself; it's about fighting for your communities and your neighbors and the LGBTQ community and the m- minorities. And mi- I mean, look at the voter oppression that we've experienced just in this election. We are in the year two thousand eighteen. You know, there is so there is one political party that wants to suppress votes. And there's one political party that wants everyone to vote. They are Democrats. So... So we just have a ton of work to do and I suppose and I assume we always will, you know. Now we're dealing with the environment, which is like literally the craziest part of it. But people who are working three jobs and living in the in Appalachia just to support their three children are not worried
1: about polar bears. Right. They don't think it's coming our way. Right. And b- back on the subject of voter suppression, Jason Kander. Have you heard from mm-hmm. him?
3: Yeah, I have not. No.
1: Okay. I haven't heard from him recently. Why? Okay. What because remember he stepped down. Yes, no, from I know. The mayoral but race, right, I right? met him at your house and yeah, I was yeah. just wondering if where we are with all of that. I mean, I know that he stepped down.
3: Uh, the last thing he said, he was going to get treatment for his PTSD. I haven't heard from him since then. No, I could probably reach out. Actually, I should. We
1: both, we, let's do it together. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you, now I'm forgetting what it was, had to do with.
3: Was it about uh, whether or not I'm on female hormones? No, but would you like to talk about that? No, but I think I need to be. I think you're okay. You're doing okay. <laughs> what age do we start female hormones? I don't Everyone know. Everyone on this town is on something, so I don't know if I'm late to the party or
1: early to the party. Cause... You're good, babe. I'm 50. I haven't started female oh, you hormones. Haven't. I've yet to have plastic surgery, so we're just kind okay. of cruising in. We're okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot of other stuff on your mind that you could probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you're, yeah. and what did you say? You're fixing your the health thing that you're, your, your mental health, you're fixing that, you're getting healthy there, you're fixing those injuries. That's where we need to focus. Yeah. And physical strength is also goes hand in hand with mental strength. Like I've worked out more than what I, I
3: ever say, have. Do you see Andy anymore? No, I have a Crazy new trainer. Yeah, okay. No, no, Hi I Andy. Andy. T- hey, I, hey, I doubt Andy. she's listening. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it too. She's, uh, she's probably on Tinder right now. She, no, uh, <laughs> Ben Bruno is my trainer. And that's another thing, like to get physically and mentally strong, the two go together. Like, I feel so passionate about being phys I mean, I'm more, I'm stronger now than I've probably ever been in my entire life. Because, you know, after Trump got elected, it was it was literally like a breakdown in terms of like, how do I build my strength back up right. to fight this? Because right. I want to be one of the people that fight hard. And and that is part of being physically strong and keeping yourself healthy, you know, and keeping yourself on point with your nutrition and all of that stuff. It all adds up. And there are no shortcuts. Cuts, you know we can go get you, you can gotta get, do the work yeah you gotta do the work so that's kind of a bummer but it's also feels empowering when you do it
1: well and it's also really nice to be able to reward yourself at the end of it with a very heavy suitcase on the way to Mallorca evidently the guy I married was Spanish we spent a lot of time in Mallorca and Marbella too. is he single
3: now maybe I can meet him
1: there no he's married to somebody else they live in Texas
3: do you remember the last time we were at an event together in my dress and I got up to give an <laughs> award to you to you And my dress was zipped up the back. I wasn't going to mention it, but yes. And I stood up and I felt a draft. And I was like, oh. And my entire dress had opened. (laughs) And we were at the front table at like the Beverly Hilton or one of those places. with Beverly Wilshire. And my entire dress was out. My ass was exposed. No bra. But I had the front of my dress. And your friend. Joel Menzen. Hi, Joel. See, Joel will be listening. Joel, who I ran into at Blue Plate uh, Taco a few (laughs) weeks ago. Joel came to my rescue and grabbed me from behind and we walked to the bathroom with his body on mine so that I could get into the bathroom behind the stage and then I called my driver because I'm privileged and he had an extra dress are we no pants. We Where's had. Pants? I was going to a birthday a party blouse. after yeah. so he had pants and a blouse so I had to get up in this like kind of semi-black tie event in my pants and my jeans well i think they were pants, yeah, and a a pants. you looked great it so was fine you, you know what the good news is stevie wonder didn't see your butt oh yeah stevie yeah. and wonder knocked on the bathroom <laughs> door while i was in there and i just answered it naked it was pretty <laughs> actually that was a pretty solid
1: night i forgot about the stevie wonder component and gavin Gavin Rosdale thing, too. It was oh, a great yeah. night. I yeah. mean, we, everybody there, we were honoring A Place Called Home in 2016. It was a fantastic night. And yes, everybody that was there got to see Chelsea Handler's ass if they were looking in the right place. And, and Gavin Rossdale and Stevie Wonder performed. So Luckily, was awesome. I was in heels while my ass was exposed. That <laughs> helps. Want, that helps, helps, a, helps lot. a lot. It helps a lot. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here today, dude. I really, really appreciate you coming in. It uh, was amazing. I'm happy to be
3: here. I'm always happy to be here um, to show up for you. You show up for me, I show up for you. Uh, And we need everybody to show up in 2020 so you guys can keep up to date. If you want to keep up to date on my Accountable U.S. page, you can do that. But also, you know, there are little ways that you can get involved in your community, and everybody should look into that. Look into your representatives, see how you can help. You know, have viewing parties, have fundraising parties. You don't have to raise $15,000. You can raise $500. You can get your friends together and donate $10 to a candidate that you want to see elected. But it's so important for us to drive voters to the polls in 2020 So that we can actually get the Senate, get a president, you know, a Democratic president in office, and do something about gun reform. Yes. Make some common sense gun laws, and where we can keep the rights that we've, you know, already won. They're talking; they're relitigating things that have already been passed. So, you know, the Supreme Court is important, but do not give up on democracy, please. We need your voices, and anybody who abstains from voting and abstains from
1: being politically active, you don't have a right to complain exactly I say that all the time on this show be a part of a community it actually is really cool and if you have kids bring them into it they can't vote yet but they'll be voting one day being a part of this country, and again, I know we live in a bit of a bubble here in Southern California, but for all of our listeners all over the country, being part of that community, and now it's so much easier to do because you can get connected by the web and online and everything else, it makes a difference. Educate yourself, talk about it, become part of this community. It's what we say all the time, but it's over easy. If you're going through a difficult time, become a part of a community, have people that can support you, and really be a part of what's going on in this country. Um The midterms are behind us now, and we're living with our choices, but I really want to thank you for listening, and if you're new to the show, we're psyched you've joined the conversation. Hit subscribe, and you'll be the first to know when the next fresh episode of Divorce Sucks drops on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One, wherever you get your podcasts from. Ask us anything at It's Over Easy on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or leave a comment on our Insights blog, and we'll discuss it here on the Divorce Sucks podcast, hosted by me. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank
2: you.
0: Get a floor that's 100% waterproof for life without sacrificing the style you want. The Home Depot has Pergo Outlast Plus laminate starting at just 279 a square foot with 22 designer colors. Pergo Outlast Plus can fit any style in any room beautifully and you can rest easy because it's waterproof. Get Pergo Outlast Plus starting at just 279 a square foot at the number one Pergo waterproof laminate flooring retailer, The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. US only see warranty for details.